Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, I'm BJ, and you're listening to Rock and or Roll. I just wanted to jump in here at the beginning and apologize for the series of repeat episodes that I've been posting for the past month or so. I just moved again, and uh, six years ago, the last time I moved, I took a month off, but at least I announced it that time. I wasn't necessarily planning on taking a month off from releasing brand new episodes, but That's how it went down. So we're going to get back into releasing new episodes of Rock and or Roll next week with the return of the Vinyl Countdown series. And I also have AOR AOK 23 in the pipeline. But this week, I'm releasing an episode that I was a guest on of the podcast 1000 Greatest Misses. Last month, I re-released the two episodes that one of the hosts of A Thousand Greatest Misses, Chris Gray, appeared on with me of Rock and or Roll years ago. So Chris has started his own podcast with his co-host, Paul Hines, and it's a really fun show. They play five songs per episode, and they're planning on doing 200 episodes until they get to a thousand songs. And they invited me on to pick five songs, and Chris has very similar taste to me so we're talking about power pop aor 80s metal stuff like that is mostly what they play so i picked five songs and we talked about the songs and i asked the guys if they would want me to release the episode here on my feed so that listeners of rock and or roll can hear what their show is all about and if you like what you hear go subscribe to 1000 greatest misses they release weekly episodes and i'm sure almost everybody who listens to this podcast will also enjoy their podcast so what we're going to hear right now is the episode of 1000 greatest misses that came out this week with me as a guest cue the song hello there ladies and gents welcome to 1000 greatest misses the music podcast that shines a light on 1000 undiscovered obscure and underappreciated songs that hit all the marks but fail to chart on today's episode we'll highlight songs by da biz the argyles snatches of pink the planets and luxury find us at 1000greatestmisses.buzzsprout.com or your podcast app of choice I'm Paul Hines, along with Christopher Gray, the music-obsessed record store guy with way too many songs stuck in his head. How are you, Chris? Hey, Paul. We have a special guest today. 
We do. Uh, with us today is Brian Cramp, author of This Band Has No Past, How Cheap Trick Became Cheap Trick, and the on-air personality for the Rock and or Roll podcast, which I have credited as giving me a lot of the inspiration for our current gig at 1000 Greatest Misses. Welcome, BJ. Hey, Chris and Paul. How are you guys? Great. Great. Great to have you here. Uh, Chris, the book we talked about, This Band Has No Past, How Cheap Trick Became Cheap Trick, read it a year ago when it came out, loved it, learned a lot. And what I really gleaned from that, BJ, is just how hardworking that band was. They almost willed themselves to success. Yeah, yeah. They they just never let up, you know. They played every night of the week for years and honed their craft and, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you actually wrote one of my favorite reviews, probably, of my book, Paul, on your blog, because <laughs> you seemed to actually pick up on some of the elements that I was maybe the most proud of or stuff I was going for that, you know, it's hard when you work on something like that and <laughs> you have parts that are your favorite parts and then nobody ever even, not one person ever says, hey, I really liked this. <laughs> and you go, oh, I, I bet everybody's going to be talking about this. And then, yeah. So. Yeah, I, ex- I experience that all the time in my composition speech. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it was a great book, and I loved the way it contextualized things with what was happening historically at the time. That was that was a nice way of melding everything together. Yeah, those are probably the unrelated minutia that you know Amazon reviewers complain about, and then other people love. <laughs> yeah, you, you yeah. can't please everybody. <laughs> yeah, I love when you get a criticism that's like. Too much information. <laughs> I mean, those are my favorite kind of criticisms. And to that point, I mean, even if you, I mean, obviously, if you're a cheap trick fan, this is going to be right in your wheelhouse. But if you're a fan of music in general, to see what kind of a slog these guys went through to get to where they became and know the amount of effort that it took on their part and the tenacity and just the willingness to work, uh, it, it's a great read, despite whether or not you're a huge power pop or cheap trick fan. Yeah, it's kind of the idea of how do you make it without going to New York or L.A. in the right. 70s? Well, you just hammer it out for years until you almost force yourself on the industry, you know? Yeah, there's, exactly. There's also in the music industry, I think, this jealousy of watching bands that you don't think are as good as yours or watching an artist that you don't think is as good as you and how they made it. And the reality is, in most cases, they probably just worked harder than you did. They, they probably... F- sacrificed their personal lives, maybe their well-being, and busted their ass. If you see somebody hitting the top 40, they probably earned it in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, that's why guys like Jack Douglas and Tom Werman, who worked with lots of bands, will both say it's the best band they ever worked with, easiest band to produce because they just come in there and hammer it out. That you know, It doesn't take any time. So, you know, there's, it's not a coincidence that guys like that who are, you know, huge veterans in the industry will both say the same thing. And you'll, you, I'm sure you would hear it from other guys like Roy Thomas Baker or whoever, even George Martin probably would, would, you know, describe it that way. But Jack Douglas and Tom Werman both had very similar things to say about Cheap Trick and both would say, you know, it's favorite band we worked with best band easiest band all yeah. that kind of stuff yeah yeah i certainly based on the book consider you to be an authority on cheap trick and i consider you to be an authority on this genre of music in general 
How do you see yourself? Do you see yourself as an auteur? Do you see yourself as just a fan? Where do you see yourself? Well, I know I'm not an authority because I always learn new stuff, <laughs> but I try to be. I mean, that's my goal in life yeah. is to be an authority on this kind of stuff. But as you know, no matter how many records you have, tomorrow you're going to discover something you didn't know about. And you're like, how did I not know about this? But there's just so much. We're going to see a couple examples of that in the tunes that you picked out for today. But when did you start the Rock and Oral podcast? Do you remember what year it was? Yeah, it was in 2013, May of 2013. So over 10 years. That's unbelievable. Yeah, I did I did my 10th anniversary episode and like I didn't even realize looking back, I wouldn't have I probably wouldn't have guessed that I actually started before Serial, you know? Holy cow, so, yeah. Yeah, cuz Serial was in 2014. Okay. Because it was funny, I, I heard another podcast guy say that they started in the dog days of podcasting and they started in 2015. <laughs> it's like, nah, man, I started before Serial. <laughs> well, highly recommended. Everybody check out Rock and or Roll on your favorite podcast service. Yeah, let's play some songs. BJ picked five songs for today's episode. Chris, you heard three of them before, but two were new to you. And of course, for me, they were all new. So this has been fun. We're going to start in England with a band called Da Biz and their song, This Is Not An Audition. the uk that was this is no audition by da biz d-a space b-i-z from their on the beach single the flip side from 1980 what do you have to say about this one bj well this is a guy ronnie mayer uh he was in a band called the tours who they they have a song called language school that's on a lot of different comps so a lot of people know about them and language school is pretty good but i really love the tours other single tourist information that song is really great. And uh, and then Ronnie Mayer had this put out a single as The Biz. And then actually there's a, the, the other side of this record. I think it's the A side. 
on on the beach i think it's called on this single then he yeah. rewrote that and put it out as ronnie mayer as okay. the, can't wait till the summer comes or whatever but it's pretty much the same song i think this song is just so infectious i mean when that chorus comes blasting in there um i think this is probably i really wanted to kind of hit all the different thousand greatest misses genres but i don't think i really did that but this is probably the closest <laughs> i get to kind of aor yeah maybe on the list I mean, I even hear a little bit of like 38 special. Sure, this, totally. Especially know. the voice, I thought. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really good sounding yeah. record. I love the guitar tone. I like the vocalist. And the drum part is kind of cool. He has these um, wicked paradiddles, these really fast, which is kind of an unusual thing to insert into the verse of a song, but it works really well. I like it. It's basically a three chord song, but what they do with the three chords is really good. Yeah, this hits all the marks coming out in 1980. It's super poppy. Um, the intro reminded me a little bit of a song by Racer, Racer X that we featured in episode eight called Later On In The Night. Uh, but that six-bar drum build and that pause going into the chorus, I think, is so hooky. Super bubblegummy and sing-alongy. Um, the great circular chorus in the, the title is not in the chorus. Uh, it kind of leads into it. It's the line leading into it. So we've talked a little bit about that in the past as well. Just really well-produced, well-thought-out, uh, well-arranged. Um, great, great little pop song. So that original 7-inch UK single on Small Operations is about a $50 record, uh, if you find that anywhere. There's a great, um, I did a quick search, and there's a uh, website called rockgeneration.co.uk, and there's a really long, detailed um bio on the band called those power pop people historic new wave gold dust rediscovered and so there's a great article if you want to learn more about the band check that out at rockgeneration.co.uk hello pantheon podcast listeners christian swain here to tell you more about my experience with raycon earbuds our family now has three pairs of raycon earbuds around the house and my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price and yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com pantheon. Buyraycon.com pantheon. Next, we go to Austin, Texas, with the Argyles from their 1983 release. Um, yeah, I have a story about this one. Yeah. Um, so this one I found, uh, I lived in Austin in the late 90s, and uh, 
there was a record store in a mall. It was kind of in a band, mostly abandoned mall on South Lamar. I can't remember what it was called, but this store was in what probably used to be like a big clothing store, but now it was like a book and record store and they had thousands of dollar records in there. You know, this was that era. And I found this record there hadn't, you know, it's, it's just like a local release. So I just bought it based on what it looked like. I think it's 83. So you guys talk about that. That's right on the edge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 83 is like the, the dividing line. Probably <laughs> there's a big difference between 83, 84. I think <laughs> if you look at the back of a record like this, but um, maybe a year after I found this, I was when I was first starting to get on the internet uh, in like 99 and um I, I somehow i ended up i think it chris did you ever look at the site called bubblegum the punk oh sure do you remember that yeah yeah that guy pierre pretty sure pierre who did bubblegum the punk linked me up with this guy mark london that i started trading with mark i think mark like was a professor at mit or something okay he was on facebook at one point but i don't think he's on there anymore but he used to send me really cool stuff we would send stuff back and forth and i sent him the argyles and he loved it and he was like can you see if there's an you can find another copy of this so i went back to the same place found another one sent it to him then he started sending it to other people and i'm pretty sure that i'm the reason this record entered the world of power pop collectors (laughs) because i sent it to mark then mark started sending it and then pretty soon it was on eBay for like 50 bucks, you know? Uh-huh. <laughs> so, um, I'm pretty sure I could take credit for a bunch of Japanese guys wanting to get the Argyles record. <laughs> That's so funny. Well, if you look at the cover, it, it's exactly the type of record we would look for. Skinny ties, pastel yeah. shirts. And I had never seen a copy of this before. You brought it to my attention. And to your point, I looked it up. It was $50 on Discogs. Put it in my want list, thought I'd do a quick eBay search and found one that had a buy it now offer on it. And I offered them 10 bucks and they took it. So it is on its way here now. No way. Oh, sweet. The beauty of the internet, (laughs) friends. can still be found. Yeah, no doubt. Here is You Know Me Better by the Argyles.
was You Know Me Better by the Argyles from their sole album released in 1983 called Picture in My Pocket. A little Austin twang-tinged power pop, I guess I would describe this as. It's almost a La Bamba chord progression. (laughs) Totally. Totally. I could have picked almost any song off of this record. They're all kind of the same level of quality, pretty much. It's a great sounding record, I think. A really solid uh, guitar part that doesn't overwhelm the the vocals, but is a nice kind of counter melody. Really good uh, guitar solo with excellent tone. Love the harmonies. The singer kind of reminds me a touch of uh, that Sam Sam Lannis from the Bodines. Mm. Just a little bit of a twang, I guess, mm-hmm. nasally. Yeah. Yeah, that nasally kind of high voice is almost like a milk and cookies from a power pop perspective, uh, more on the pop than the power for sure. Uh, but this one has a great intro with two separate little guitar parts, and each one of them is kind of hook in its own right. That muted guitar refrain that goes into the harmony is nice as well. Uh, really cool stuff, a good breakdown, a great lead. Uh, I like everything about this song, and to hear that the rest of the album is just as good is inspiring uh, to know that I didn't uh, plop $10 down just for one song. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. This also is not streaming, though, again, uh, you can find it on YouTube with some great comments by some rabid fans. Next, we'll go to Chapel Hill with a band, unfortunately, called Snatches of Pink. They did change their names after uh, a couple of albums with their song Lazy Susan. What can you say about this one, BJ? Yeah, so I have a story about finding this record, too, and it was also in Austin, but this is in North Austin at a record store that was on Airport Boulevard. I can't remember what it was called. It was in, like, a shopping center. But <laughs> I was in that place probably the day I bought this record, looking at records, and there's a guy next to me, and I look up, and it's Daniel Johnston. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if you guys know who that is. I do. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, he was there with like a handler guy. Jeez, I lived in Austin at the right time when he made it like his comeback. I got to see him live a bunch of times. Wow, playing piano and guitar. Um, I was a huge fan of him at the time. I'm pretty sure the day I bought this record, Daniel Johnson was in the store with me, (laughs) and also this record cost me a quarter. I remember that too. (laughs) In your time in Austin, did did you ever make it to the Austin Record Show? Oh my God! Yeah. yeah, yeah, pretty great. It was oh, it was amazing. Yeah, yeah. That's that's funny. I I mentioned Japanese guys before the Austin Record Show. There would be these Japanese guys that would come with like milk crates on dollies, mm-hmm. and and they would just push you out of the way. You know, <laughs> I mean that's the worst thing about record shows is waiting for your chance yeah. <laughs> when people are and they would just like shoulder their way in front of you. There was yeah. <laughs> It's been on my bucket list for, I don't know, 15 years now, and I haven't made it out to that one yet, so it's it's still in Actually, the cards, hopefully. I got a good story about the Austin Record. The first time I ever went to the Austin Record Show, which was in probably 98, there was a rec- the records were three for $10 okay. this guy had, right? So I'm going through, and the, I think the first thing I found was the Heavenly Kid soundtrack, which I'd always wanted because I loved the song <laughs> Out on the Edge Soundtrack. I was a kid. There you go. And that ended up, I guess that's a rare record because there was a flaw when it was being pressed and it got like pulled. Okay. Um, or something like that. So I, I found that in the three for $10. So now I'm like, oh, I got to find two more, right? So I think, the, I think the other record I got was Propaganda by Sparks. And then I find 
what a record called number one record by big star come on <laughs> for three dollars and 33 cents jeez to be collecting records in the 90s that was that was the ticket i i stopped buying records between 1986 and 2006 that was a mistake yeah. Oops. you missed you missed the heyday <laughs> yeah. dude yeah the 90s was the time here's lazy susan by snatches of pink Lazy Susan by Snatches of Pink. From their sophomore effort in 1988, they put out two albums that year, this one called Send in the Clowns. There's a good Wikipedia page on this band if you want to learn more, un- uncharacteristically detailed, if you'd like to learn more about them. They did later change their name to Clarissa. Yeah, this one's a little bit different, I think, for, I, for your show. It just it came to mind for me, just because I love this song and uh, hardly anybody seems to have ever heard it. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, that seems like the kind of thing for your show. So um, I guess that's why I picked it. I just, it's, to me, it's just infectious and so catchy. It's ever since the first time I heard it, I was just blown away. This song just totally stands out for them. You know, it's by far my favorite song by them. Um, but it's the first song on the record and it's just killer, I think. Yeah, MTV dubbed them the most exciting unknown band in America at the time. And after seeing some of the live footage, I might have to agree. They seemed really like a great live rock band, almost like a Plim Souls, or there's obviously a Replacements connection as well. Um, this song, I think, borrows a little bit from the verse of one of my favorite Replacement tracks from Tim called Waitress in the Sky. So if you listen to the cadence and the verse of those two songs, I think there's going to be a fair amount of similarity there. But they're loose and sloppy in the best way possible. Just a great, dirty, down rock and roll band. That's how I characterized it as well. It's It has nothing going on interesting harmonically. It's the one, five, six, four chord progression that everybody and their mother has done. And somehow, despite my initial reaction, like, oh, this isn't very interesting, they really had this high energy, great, kind of sloppy, authentic vocal parts where they're harmonizing with each other, but it's not precise. It's not exact. And somehow it works for me. It's a really good cross between like power pop and maybe a, a tinge of Americana. In addition to the Wikipedia page, if you go on YouTube, there's the uh, there's a documentary that came out in 2007, and they've cut together about eight minutes of that that's available on YouTube. So you can watch about eight minutes worth of the documentary about Snatches of Pink. Oh, cool. 
You know, it almost is a forerunner for a band like Old 97s. I kind of hear the same qualities in both of those Americana. Bands. Yeah, but but real hard edge driving Americana. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of got that Neil Young and Crazy Horse just kind of distorted, sloppy, you know, but really cool guitar yeah. licks and stuff, yeah. Agreed. With melody, though, too. I mean, like that melody in the verse is is catchy in and of itself. It's a hook. Yeah, yeah, I love the melody. That you know, that's I I, I love how. Do you have perfect pitch, Paul? Or no, no, definitely not. No, but I mean, I never think about what the chords are in the song. Yeah, that's my, a little. <laughs> I've never I tried have. to figure this song out. I wouldn't even think about what the chords are. It's just whether or not I, you know, I love the melodies or whatever. Yeah. But I I really enjoy when you talk about the chords and talk about the keys and stuff like that. I mean, I. I really like that part of your show when you go into the musicality of it, but it's not something that I've, I never even thought about what chords this song was, before, you know? Right. Well, and then the yeah. next song I'm going to actually delve into a little bit more because it is more interesting harmonically. So you can go simple and have a great pop song, and then you can be a little more complex and achieve the same thing with the, a band called the planets from Liverpool with their song, break it to me gently. I freaking love this tune. What do you have to say about how you found this one? <laughs> Well, I'm very happy to hear that because that's exactly why I picked this song, because I wanted to pick something that, you know, you could dig into. But there's two reasons I picked this. One is this is a perfect example of the kind of song you can find on just some random dollar record that you just buy because it looks like it might be cool. And you find a gem like this on there. But I wanted I really wanted to at least pick a couple songs that you could really dig into paul so i'm very happy to hear that you like this one i mean this is i knew you would love the bridge on this one probably um yeah i think the guy the guy who leads this band was in deaf school which i don't even have deaf school records but i've heard some stuff that's good from them and i probably should have picked something up along the way but this record's also on motown even though i think that's only in the u.s well yeah i mean of course but uh you know, so that was a weird thing. I'm sure when I found this and it, oh, this looks like it might be power pop, but then you're like Motown. Yeah. <laughs> so you don't know what you're going to get <laughs> with something like this. This isn't like some super rare, obscure thing. It's just like a record nobody would have ever, <laughs> like, who would buy this, you know? <laughs> <But> <laughs> Break It to Me Gently by The Planets. Just 
just how much you needed me Consequently, gently tell me what you think you're gonna do That was Break It To Me Gently by The Planet from their album Goonhilly Down from 1979 from Liverpool. Such a cool song. And I got to believe it was written on the piano because it's in the key of F sharp and it uses all the black keys. If you were ever a kid and learned like Peter Peter Pumpkin Eater, you know, that they use the F sharp pentatonic scale, which is all the black keys. <laughs> it's so simple it's almost like a child's uh, nursery rhyme but it sounds freaking great and i've never when i write songs i've never thought to like oh let's pick a pentatonic scale and see if it sounds good i but they do so here and it works out great and the, the lyrics break it to me gently you've been evidently too conveniently busy when i phone i think that's great <laughs> yeah yeah that that makes for a great hook and then the little like like the little vocal parts in there are so great yeah so yeah the arrangement and the production is just um yeah this is just uh, i've always loved this song discog says that this is new wave pop disco and i don't think that's not that i don't think that's too far off you can kind of hear that little jackson five guitar lick at the beginning it's a little bit sped up almost out of i want you back and maybe yeah. that's the motown connection where they're getting kind of like that r&b type influence in there but yeah this one Checks all the boxes for me, too. I like this one as well. Yeah, this one can still be found pretty cheap, BJ. Uh, you can pick this one up for two or three bucks just about anywhere. And it's also on Spotify. This is the one album I think we're featuring today that's uh, streaming. There you go. For our last song, we're going to go to Des Moines. You know, I think Iowa must have the most plays per capita on a 1,000 Greatest Misses than any other state. <laughs> They've been well represented lately. With a band called Luxury and their song, Did She Really Mean That? She could hardly wait till it's over, love a boy. She could hardly wait till it's through for good. Cause she knew when it was done, it was time to have some fun. She got everything that she wanted, love a boy. Got it all and then she was sick of it. was Did She Really Mean That by Luxury from their EP entitled EP Number 1 from 1981 out of Des Moines, Iowa. 
You know, I'm not a guitar player really, but I got to believe that staccato guitar was challenging to play. It's really precise and it really drives the song forward, I think. Could you do it, Chris? <laughs> right now? No. No, you're, you're, you're 100% right. That is kind of hard to do from a rhythm perspective, uh, just to keep that moving in the same direction. Uh, yeah, he's, he plays it really well. So these guys are from Des Moines, Iowa, as you said. They were around from 77 to 82. They released a couple of seven-inch singles and then one EP, ironically entitled EP number one. It's two minutes and 10 seconds of frantic goodness. They get to the chorus right at the 30-second mark. Not to be confused with the Georgia alternative group of the same name that wound up having a documentary done about them. But yeah, these guys have been pretty heavily featured on a lot of the comps that are out there. Uh, the numero comps, uh, to be specific, the Yellow Pills pre-fill and the Buttons comp both feature songs by Luxury. So they're pretty well respected in this arena, I think. Yeah, I think there's single Green Hearts is like the song. That's on, there's a record called Declaration of Independence. Do you have mm-hmm. that? Yep. The comp yeah, record. Green Hearts is on, yeah, Green Hearts is on there too. That's got um, Heart of Stone by SVT on it too. Yeah. Yeah, I remember buying this record at uh, Mad City Music in madison for i think it was five bucks okay and it's one of those where you you look at the back there's like a lot of guys in the band and stuff like i definitely probably wasn't sure about this right. one you know black and white cover um, ep number one you you, you know yeah, you all can't the, you really the tell what it for. is yeah i don't i don't think i didn't i knew anything about them at the time and you can't quite tell what it is but um i definitely picked this one for one reason it's because it's more of a complex song Mm-hmm. That maybe Paul would dig into. <laughs> 1,000 songs Paul will like. <laughs> the verse is real simple. It's in the key of G here. But then in the chorus, it goes from G to D minor. Did she really mean that? Oh. And then it goes to this kind of surprise chord, that E flat. So they mix it up. That's the flat, seven, flat six, flat seven progression that we've talked about before. And then the bridge does this really, it changes sounds entirely. It sounds almost like a Devo record or They Might Be Giants. Very new wave changes the genre almost entirely for the bridge. And then the most bizarre key change from G to A flat. And it sounds like they recorded the song twice and just spliced it together. It's so (laughs) abrupt. comes out of nowhere, but it sounds really cool. I love the lyric in the chorus. She didn't mean that she made a mistake. The horse got led to water today and threw itself into the lake. Oh, that's good. Love it. Why not? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that EP today will be yeah. hard to find. Uh, again, because they've been comped a couple of times, it's pretty desirable. So it'll set you back about 40 bucks. Wow. So that's five songs from BJ Cramp. Thanks so much for hanging out with us today and providing uh, a handful of tunes for us to check out. Uh, Most of them new to me, all of them new to Paul, which is always good. As is often the case with me. Thanks, BJ, for coming on board for today's episode. This was great. Turned out perfect. It was awesome, buddy. Thank you again. And with that, episode 29 is in the can. Next week, we'll feature songs by... The Elevators, Stranger, Budgie, Screams, and... Wait, that can't be right. Steve Perry? I guess it's right. Steve Perry. All right, then. For all you listeners out there, we'd love to hear from you. For comments, questions, and corrections, visit us on Facebook at 1000 Greatest Misses or on Twitter slash X at 1000 underscore misses or email us at 1000 Greatest Misses at gmail.com. Like us, share us. We appreciate your support. Until next time, ladies and gents, that's the end of the show. I met a girl with a record collection. I
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.